Well, it is Friday night. Let's see. We got SP3. We got Dutch Mantel. We got myself, Ricky Uccino. That must mean it is time for Smack Talk here at 11.05-ish Eastern Standard Time. Appreciate everybody who is already in the chat. What is going on, guys? You ready to talk about this awesome three hours of wrestling we watched tonight there, Dutch? Oh, boy. I can't wait to talk about it. So, I know what. Uh, sorry, I already I already messed up. I already botched. Mr. Duche Mantois. Excuse me. I have, yes, to, yes. I have to announce you by your proper name. Did you submit That's... your application for Maximum Male Models? I was expecting to see you in your best tennis collection outfit tonight, and I did not see you. I was very disappointed by that. I did submit it, though, and I haven't heard a word. Yeah, I don't think they're actually looking at those things, but, uh, you know, it, is, it never hurts to try. Right, SP3? So we're not going to start oh, off by talking course, about those guys, course. are we? We're not going to start off talking we, about them, but we will to. talk about them at some point. But we have to. We have to start off the yeah. hot and heavy with, with yeah. maximum male models because they are the hottest act on SmackDown. And the newest client well, of maximum male models is going to be Mr. Duche Mantois. That's it. Because that's it. He, he has been officially submitted on MaximumMaleModels.com. I appreciate and it. Look at this beautiful headshot. Look at this beautiful headshot. Look at this beautiful man. Hey, this look at that. Beautiful, there. beautiful man. There you go. Duche Mantois. <laughs> well, I didn't like him before you showed that. Now I'm kind of liking him a little more. But I have come up for a cure for insomnia. But maximum male models on TV, and so you got to go. That's just market it, put it in a bottle, take it down to the drugstore, sell it, sell it all day long. I said maybe last, the next, yeah, maybe the next drug that takes off. I said last week this would have a very short shelf life if all they're going to do is the runway stuff. Last week it was funny. This week it's like. All right, I'm already like, can we get to whatever the next thing is going to be with them? Dutch, you said it in our chat earlier. There's got to be an angle with these guys very, very sooner rather than oh, later. Sooner, like it's or it's, I think it's gone anyway. I think they've already dug the hole, and I think Vince is up there just throwing dirt down on them. They're down there digging a hole, and he's throwing their dirt back down on top of them. This is a, it's an angle in reverse, really. If, if it is an angle, I don't know what it is. I, I was just telling Sid before we, for you abruptly busted in on our conversation. I oh, you that. mean before I showed up for work? They, right. And a lot of kids in that crowd. And I don't think the kids get it. I don't think much. Hell, of that I don't get it. it. Yeah. A lot Do of you get it. Chance. Do you get it? Chance, what chance? I don't know what this, I mean, seriously, like, okay, they're wrestlers who are doing a fashion show. Is there much more to get than that? I don't know. I don't know what the purpose is, I guess, is is my, my thing. SB3, you genuinely liked what you saw to Maximum Male Models last week. How are you feeling now after week two? It's basically, it's, it looks like this is going down the same route as Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, the first week when she came back and she had her inspirational story, we all liked it. The second week, 
we were like, okay, this is getting somewhere. The third week, we were like, okay, get to the point. So yeah, I yeah. think that next week for Maximum Male Models will be the point where I'm like, get to the point. But I love the commitment to making this a comedy act. I feel like this is the route to go with this type of gimmick is to make it a comedy act and go over the top with it. So the, you know, the tennis collection, I laughed. I, I laughed at them, you know, focusing on the hamstrings and the, the verbiage of Max Dupree. It was humorous, but I did at the end of the segment be like, uh, okay, I hope they have a plan here uh, that they're going to go to soon. Like, somebody has... And that's the question. Like, somebody has to care enough to interrupt these guys. Like, somebody has to cause some form of a ruckus. And I don't know who that is, because judging how these guys are acting and judging off the crowd reactions, they're heels. But if you look at... And they're a tag team, right? They're a group. If other than the New Day, which is already in a program right now with the Viking Raiders, or excuse me, the new vicious Viking Raiders, which is just getting browbeat into our damn heads, like Jesus. All right, we get it. Um, who who is there? Because we already had two tag matches tonight that were heel versus heel. They don't have any baby faces to interrupt maximum male models. So again, I ask, where the hell are we going with this damn thing? Well, I, I don't know. But I know if we had done this back in the territory days, they'd have booed those guys. They, their heels are high. People would have booed them out. But it's that get away from me heat. It's not heat like you want to see them beat up. You just want to see heat where they just leave. So if you wanted people to turn off their TV, to me, I don't know, maximum male models, and they don't even look like they'd be a good team together. Do they? Hard to say. I mean, I mean, uh, Man Mansois is a good is a good worker from what I've seen of him. Hey, hey, he's, that, he's that name that name rhymes with mine, Mansois. I know Mantois, Mantois, and Mansois. Maybe maybe you two can be a tag team. We 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 got we got <laughs> you we got you the in to get back with WWE with maximum male models. Yeah. AEW is doing a match with Claudio and See, Jake on Wednesday so we can get those, you over there. Yes, yeah, so, all those signs at all See, one time. This is what we need. We need Dutch Mantel on AEW on Wednesday and then Duche Mantois to make his debut on SmackDown on Friday. We're trying to get you two paychecks here, Dutch. Well, I did well, tweet at you. Tony Khan well, about getting you on at AEW. He did not respond. That little bastard. <laughs> but, but I want to report some good news. I was appointed commissioner of a new, what is it? What's the name of it? What's the name of it? Oh, Fantasy, Fantasy Football League. Uh, and I'm going to bring the smoke, buddy. I'm going to be the damnedest commissioner they ever had. Yes, the, you're great, underneath the greatest. Too. You're underneath me, Rick. The greatest wrestling media, wrestling media fantasy football league. We have the esteemed Dutch Mantel as our commissioner. Yeah, it's only we, appropriate. I love how we can't even get 12 teams. As many people that are in wrestling media and we're struggling to find 12 competitors right now who know a damn thing about football as well. Uh, I, there, there's plenty. There's plenty of people that want to join. We're just being, we're just being very particular on who. Yeah, be very selective. So, that's fair. Be I'm very selective, guys, because I'd hate to fire a bunch of them, get rid of a bunch of them the first week because I'm bitching and moaning, and that's what they would do. I know them. 
All right, let's go, Rick. Uh, we got a super chat here uh, from right. Allison asking, is WWE going to be dead like WCW eventually? They make too much money. They make way too much no. money to be yeah. dead, you know, anytime soon, to be completely honest with you. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if there's a change in leadership anytime down the line here and how things progress. But they make way, way, way too much Didn't money. Didn't they make a billion dollars last they year? They are making more money than they have ever made at any point in the history of the company. Right. With the worst ratings they've ever had. Yeah, with maximum male models. So what's that tell you? They don't need wrestling. SmackDown content- is still the most watched show in all of professional wrestling. And it's arguably the worst one. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's arguably at this point. Well, let's start with the top of the show. It was uh, nice to see Roman Reigns back on TV, even if he didn't do much. The bloodline still took up the first 20 minutes of the show. Uh, you had eight minutes for the entrance, and then you still had uh, a commercial break, and then we come back, and then it's Roman cutting his his normal promo, and then Paul Heyman gets on the mic and cuts a really good promo, but it's more the same of what we've heard. Guys, stop me if, if you've heard any of this before because it's just a Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar match buildup. Like, everything was good. It's just we've seen it before. It's on rinse and repeat at this point. It, well, it's the same thing. I don't have anything to add to it. You covered it all. The only thing that was different was Brock wasn't there. And Heyman cut a hell of a promo. But I did like Theory coming down and running around the ring a little bit. And even I thought leaving, they used him effectively tonight, yeah. Yeah, and then leaving, which was probably the best part. You know he's going to show up somewhere. Quit blinking, light. The light blinks when it's telling me to shut up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got that algorithm in it. You know, shut up, shut up. Shut Not up. just talking too I, much. All right. I wish they would have just left it to Theory coming out and running around the ring because it made absolutely no sense to tease Theory in the entrance way before the commercial. Like, we were supposed to think that he was going to cash in money in the bank with the Usos standing right there with Roman. Like, that was supposed to be a hook. To bring us back after the first commercial break was theories in the in the yeah. entrance way, and then yeah. Michael Cole got so excited that he called him Austin Theory. I don't know if anybody else caught that. Here, here's the that. thing. That, so I'm I've been confused about the whole just calling him Theory thing because he's still using A Town Down, and there's no A in his name anymore. Well, he is from Atlanta, so that's the okay. reason. All right. All right. Okay. That, that makes sense, but it's still not common knowledge that people know that he's from land. I didn't know that to be completely honest with you. Not like I listened to him when he's introduced anyway, but I did like, I, I did think it was effective for him to come out tonight. And as mostly because of how Roman reigns, I thought reigns just was perfect tonight in his reaction to theory. Just kind of just look at him like, bitch, get the hell away from my ring. Who the hell are you are? Who did, you ain't cashing that in. What are you doing here? I thought that was the best part, honestly, of the opening segment because that was really the only thing that was was kind of new uh, about well, all of this. And that that's 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 the hook to this is the fact that they are teasing well, heavily that Austin Theory is going to be involved in this match at uh, at SummerSlam. Well, when he came out, I'm I'm, I'm agreeing to sit here. He came out, and that gives you said, well, he he's not that stupid. It doesn't even make sense. Well, if you watched him in NXT, yes, he was that stupid. I guess you thought I was finished, Rick. 
I was still talking and you run right on top of me. Here, I'll mute myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, you're going to do what? Uh, mute, mute your mic? No, don't do that. No, but I'm thinking, you know, you said, who did it hook? It hooked me. I says, because WWE, you don't know what they're going to do. They could have run him in. Hell, they could have beat him, beat him up and killed him off. But he left. That's a good thing. But I didn't know what they were going to do. But I did stay and watch it, saying, is he going to come in? Or is he going to come in somewhere during the night? So. I mean, it would it would have made sense too because you don't know when Roman Reigns is going to be back on the show. So it would have been smart to actually cash in when you see it. As soon as you see him, cash in because you don't know the next time you're going to see him. Next Go time you're going to see him, you know for sure is no, you know for sure SummerSlam because we don't know for sure even the Go Home show if he's going to show up there. But um, yeah, I mean. I can understand if some people were hooked by that. I just didn't understand how that made any type of sense. And don't worry, when we talk about Shanky, Ozzy, I will do the Shanky dance. <laughs> well, let's talk about the new uh, Vicious Viking. Guys, did you know that they are both new and Vicious, the Viking Raiders? I just want to stress that, that they are new. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. You if Did you miss the fact that they're new? And vicious, the Viking Raiders. Yes, I did miss that they're new. I know they're vicious. Yes, they're new and vicious Viking Raiders. Uh, they they squashed the hell at a gender and Shanky. This was the first of two uh heel tag team matches tonight, heel versus heel tag team matches. I did love the new day coming out, I did love the new day talking all that smack. Xavier Woods is one of my favorite dudes to listen to on a microphone, he will forever be my king always even though they unjustly took that crown away from him for no damn reason but sp3 the second that they finished talking all that smack and hand down ass whooping tickets they slide into the ring and they they got their ass whooped again well they had a ticket for it <laughs> so they didn't lose it so they didn't they say who's ass kicking they said ass kicking ticket they, Somebody got their ass meant their own. They must have meant their own because they talked a lot of trash to get their ass beat again. And I'm saying, again. if you're going to talk that much trash, then you get in there and you get destroyed. It, I think it helped the Raiders a little bit, but I don't think it helped. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it helped New Day. No, like like I mean, it wasn't Day, supposed think, to help them, but I think they they killed it worse. Yeah, I think they realized that uh, that the that the new day is so Teflon that there's nothing they can do to uh, you know destroy them, so they can do stuff like that. But it didn't make them really look like baby faces exactly to me. You talk all that mess, and then you you don't even get a bit of offense. Like it was literally <laughs> like they got in the ring and then got destroyed almost immediately. Oh. It was embarrassing, really. If I went out there and said, yeah, I got an ass-kicking deal, got a ticket, <laughs> you just get the crap beat out of it, and you're laying there. If I was a Viking Raiders, I'd have put up the ticket, and I said, oh, this is for you, and I threw it down on it. But they're not supposed to be that smart, so I don't get it. Hey, but they are both new and vicious. I just want to really, really drive that point home. Because uh, I don't think commentary did a good enough job tonight describing them as both new uh, and vicious. I did like. Wait, uh, the let idea. me ask you a question. Yes. When was that? Where was that picture, or when was it taken 
of uh, Pat when he was at the, the UFC fight and he had that neck brace on? About an hour after uh, Money in the Bank ended. But he didn't have it on tonight. Well, he wasn't there tonight. He was I know, golfing. But, but where did I say when he got beat up? He did, oh, I see now. I got it. I, hell, I got it confused. <laughs> but he is at least selling it. Oh, yeah. No, is, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Although WWE kind of screwed themselves up tonight by saying that he wasn't there because he was because of the attack. And then they said, oh, well, he's golfing today. So they were concerned about him getting attacked again. I don't know. I think they I think they kind of confused themselves on what they were talking about with why Pat McAfee wasn't there tonight. It's like somebody must have said something in their headsets like, hey, y'all know he was like all over social media today playing golf. Maybe you guys might want, not want to say he's selling his injury. But regardless, uh, we did get to see Baron Corbin on commentary tonight. I know that guy's made you guys happy uh, during a, uh, a a Gunther segment. It was I love the idea of him coming out for an open challenge and then saying, why the hell would I do this? Only, you know, dumb people would accept the challenge, this, that, and the other thing. And they set up Nakamura versus Ludwig. And I thought that a fresh matchup. I'm, I will take a fresh matchup any day of the week. And I will also take it when WWE remembers they have Shinsuke Nakamura and they can use him effectively. And he would make an excellent challenger for, for Gunther. But I will say both Corbin and Graves trying to imitate Pat McAfee when Shinsuke Nakamura's music hit, that did make me chuckle a little bit tonight, even though... Corbin was kind of insufferable actually doing the commentary. Sid, what do you think? I'm thinking um, to say what Rick said covered it for me. I mean, I kind of hate, hated that segment. I thought, I thought Corbin and Graves doing the Pat McAfee was outstanding. I think that was the, the best thing about this segment. The match was kind of just there. It was for Nakamura to get, get a win and to see if he can, you know, eventually probably verse Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I wouldn't mind that going down at SummerSlam. And I like, I like Gunther uh, chopping the crap out of Ludwig after the match because it yes. didn't come off like he was turning on him. Uh, Ludwig didn't come off like a baby face. It literally, he was, he's a cold hearted bastard. Uh, he basically is just mad that someone lost. <laughs> he doesn't accept losing and that's why he had to chop the crap out of his friend well he chopped the crap out of and i did i do like the way the kid sold it because he didn't take the the first two chops you could tell it hurt <laughs> even you you can't work those chops and that gunther's a big guy so he lit him up buddy he was throwing from way downtown coming with those. you got big hands anyway so it hurts like hell he doesn't have hands he's got mitts oh that's what he has he's got big was, Beefy mitts. And it was evident that he was, it was punishment for losing. So that was now, if they'll keep that in mind and not wear it out. Right. They got something with it. Now, if they don't go back and him do it next week, because you, you can't beat up your own manager every week, because then he's got to turn. And I don't think there's anywhere to go right now at all. Because no. the manager's kind of getting over with Gunther. But if they take him apart, they're going to have a hard time with it. Okay, this is a public service announcement for yes, anyone who works at Sportskeeda. We are only talking about this because Allison 
Allison Tuckwab is send us a huge super chat donation. So we're going to talk about the elephant in the room that people don't want us to talk about. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that yeah. pitch there, SP3. Uh, so Allison sending this in. Did you hear about uh, WWE getting in trouble, legal problems going on behind the curtains? Uh, she was listening to Wrestling Inc. earlier talking about uh, everything that's going down with uh, with Vince McMahon and Stephanie stepping in as uh, CEO. Yes, I believe the entire wrestling world heard about uh, everything that dropped today with the uh, with the Washington. What are, what are they talking about? I hadn't heard it. You seriously? Yeah, yeah, Rick. Tell me. Come on. So the Wall Street Journal came out with a new report today. <laughs> Four more allegations against the uh, former CEO of WWE, one Vincent Kennedy McMahon, uh, including uh, a seven and a half million dollar uh, payout to a former talent, uh, alleging that uh, there was some sexual favors involved, and this talent was uh, ultimately demoted and released when they would not continue with said sexual favors with uh, Vince McMahon. There's, there's a lot that came out in this uh, wall street journal report today coming on top of everything that was thrown. And the first initial wall street journal report with the alleged affair and the $3 million payments. And now we're up to $15 million uh, paid out to five uh, different former employees of, of WWE non-disclosure agreement signed. And uh, yeah, man, this is, it's getting more and more serious by the day. And when you have the person who was, who still is the head of creative and you get these specific kind of, I mean, it goes beyond allegations at this point. I mean, there were non-disclosure agreements signed. So, I mean, there's, there's some admittance that's going on here. When you have the head of creative who is demoting and then releasing talent when he's not getting sexual favors involved with that, I don't know how the head of creative is able to stick around with those kind of reports out there. That's kind of where I'm at right now with this all coming out more and more is probably going to be coming out. It's getting harder and harder for me to understand how Vince McMahon can stay involved with the company while all this is going on, at least while the investigation and everything that's going on with the board of directors is going on right now. Anybody Judge, else? What do you think? Is that is that it? No, I'm just listening to Rick. And I'm Rick, Rick, yeah, you me under the bus on this one. Rick, yeah. No, Rick did a Rick did an excellent job. Of he did. He did. What I, was, I can, what I was can, in the Wall Street Journal? That's all yeah. he had to say. Yeah, I can. I can't add any more to it. Tell you the truth, but so that was good. <laughs> I hate both of you. I absolutely no. All I, all I will say is that I think that this is a a subject that is going to get bigger. It's going to get. It's going to. We're going to learn more about this situation before we learn less. And I think that a lot of people will like to excuse Mystic Man, and the reason that they would like to excuse Mystic Man is because if you come from a certain generation, Mystic Man is the father of everything that you've loved and you were brought up on with the WWE. So we 100% can understand if that's your mind state, but you also have to understand the other side of the token of the people that are looking at this from a subjective point of view of these are very serious allegations that should be very serious and should have certain consequences. So I 100% agree with what, what Rick had to say that 
these allegations have some validity to it if uh, it keeps coming out. So it's gonna we're gonna learn more information. And the reason why I had to say that is because we have another super chat donation here from <laughs> Allison Tuckwab. I love Allison Tuckwab. I just want to say once again, sports keto management. We are only talking about the super chat donation. We are gracious we are graciously getting and the allegations that have been put out there. We're not giving our personal opinions too much. But Allison too says much. Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon, took over uh, took over on his role because he's in trouble. I'll just say there's a lot of stuff going down. It certainly is. It certainly yes. is. And and we kind of all when we talked about this the last time when the first allegations came out. I said it. Rick said it and even Dutch kind of agreed that this whole thing with Stephanie being the interim CEO and chairwoman was basically a cosmetic move because she's a figurehead basically. But with more allegations coming out, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think that interim role is going to become the permanent role because that's probably going to be the best move for the company overall. We'll see yeah, if what, he continues. What, to what Sid said. <laughs> we'll see if he continues to have any kind of role uh, in WWE uh, moving forward. Keep those super chats coming if you want us to talk yeah. about that more, or the show, whatever you want. Yeah. Well, let's so, let's kick to the top of the hour. I'm here. not talking to somebody who sends a con contribution. I'm not talking. Let's see how long it takes to come in. Like there it is. See there. What did it say? Oh yeah. Uh, Let's go to the top of the hour here. Uh, Liv Morgan gets interviewed uh, by Michael Cole. Kind of a continuation of what she did on Monday Night Raw this week. I just love seeing Liv Morgan happy as hell. Um, she got the You Deserve a Chance. Very emotional. Told her story. Okay, so you noticed Michael Cole in the ring with her. Yes. You know why he was there? Because he has to lead her. He has to lead her because if she's standing there, she's freaked out. She's never really done it before. So he, and I kind of like an announcer in the ring. I just don't like two guys going head to head and they're going to kill each other and nothing between them, but air. They can walk through that real easy. So, but I do like an announcer in there and she did a good interview. She did. She's yeah. a pretty girl. People like her. Except for Rick. He don't like her too much. Why don't you like her, Rick? I love Liv Morgan. I have been a big <laughs> Liv Morgan fan for a very, very, very long time, and I'm very happy that she won. I love seeing her this this happy. On Monday made me so happy when she just lost like all emotion and she was jumping up and down in the in the middle of the ring and just cheering with the crowd and everything like that. This was kind of a continuation of that, and that's great. It's kind of like a celebration week. Everything's fine they set stuff up between her and ronda and that match has been made official so now she's going to defend uh the title at uh SummerSlam against ronda rousey one-on-one -on -one. one thing that i did notice uh a lot because they were laying it on pretty thick there sp3 they were putting a big old asterisk next to Liv morgan's win talking about the only reason she won is because of natalia and ronda rousey's knee and this that and the other thing one, completely ignoring the fact that Liv Morgan was in a 16-minute ladder match uh, just two hours ago, so I'm sure she was also hurting, all right? And number two, who gives a shit? It's money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, but why would they even bring that up? That that takes away from her win. Yes. I that mean, hitting, hitting, 
almost negates her win, saying she fluked it out. This is when you start pouring, pouring the accolades on. She'd already had a match. She's tired. She goes in the ring against the woman like Ronda Rousey and still has the wherewithal, I think is the word. And she hooked her and pinned her one, two, three. And they should have been pouring on the, the praise for that girl. But they didn't. I don't know why. They, I don't know why they do they, that. Well, no, they did. They they gave her plenty of praise about how hard she's worked over the last eight years and and all that stuff. That's what they talked about on Monday. That's what they talked about tonight. It was, but there was the big but. It's like, oh, she's great. She's done all this hard work. But if it wasn't for Natalia, but if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey's knee, but 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 but, but. it's like they're almost like. <laughs> giving an excuse for why they put the title on Liv Morgan. Just stop it. She fucking earned it. Pardon my French. Just stop there. That's all you really needed to do, which makes me worry if we're going to travel right down the same road that we did with Nikki A.S.H. last year, SP3. And what Nikki A.S.H. wins Money in the Bank. She wins the, the title. And then what I thought was going to be a story of her now proving that she deserves the championship and culminating with a big win at SummerSlam ended up with, oh no, it was actually a fluke. She didn't, she didn't earn the championship. She, it was bigger than whatever. And now she's chasing the 24 seven title a year later. I don't want Liv Morgan to go down that same road. I want this to be, Hey, we're making somebody here, not, Oh, here's a nice little, you deserve it for all the hard work that you've done. And then a month from now, you're going to drop it to Ronda Rousey again. And you're going to be right back to where you were. I don't want that to happen. Tonight is already kind of an indication that they're heading down that road. Oh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But see, yeah. Again, again, what kind of, who, who are the heels in that, in the women's division? Maddie. Shayna. Yeah, but Natty, they she they've done so much with her, but she can still get heat. Natty get heat just looking at you. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't see a big bad heel in there anywhere. This is why it made no sense for Ronda Rousey to tell Div Morgan you deserve it. She she took the cheap way to beat her for the SmackDown Women's Championship. If this was if for everything that they said with the butt, if it came from Ronda Rousey, this would have came off even better. But I was watching Ronda and she'd give her a big hug. Yeah. So and that made her a baby face. Now all they gotta do is Turner. Yeah, yes, you may have exactly. something. You may, yeah, you may have something. There, there's one elephant that isn't in the room right now, and that is whenever Charlotte returns. And that's one that actually does make sense for Liv Morgan because she, Charlotte is Liv Morgan's white whale. I mean, most of Liv Morgan's evolution has been in her biggest matches up until this point. She hasn't been able to beat Charlotte Flair. So there is that story that you can tell there. Okay, she... She somehow she beats Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. The r- rumors were from uh, Ronda's photographers that Ronda wanted to put Liv over and make her at, at Money in the Bank. Great. Let's say she does the job again at SummerSlam. Now, all of a sudden, you got some. You got a top-level babyface with Liv Morgan who's got a big win over Ronda Rousey. Now, where do you go? Well, now you set things up with Charlotte Flair, which is Liv Morgan's white whale, haven't been able to beat her. But then after that, yeah, I don't know. Except maybe... We did, get but, a, we did get but, a heel turn tonight. We did get a heel turn, at least an official heel turn. It was like, is she, is she not? 
Lacey Evans is a heel. And I think this was yeah. this was an obvious direction to go. You but they, they didn't plan for her to be a heel when she started, though. I don't no. think so. They started 100% babyface. And all of a sudden, whoa, 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 let's back up. Let's take it back. And she's a pretty good heel, really. She got over tonight. But I she think she could, have, she could go either way. She gets reactions. She gets a bigger reaction than Natalia. She gets a bigger reaction than Shayna Baszler. She gets a bigger reaction than Raquel Rodriguez. It doesn't matter if it's if it's positive or negative. The crowd reacts to her, and they love to boo the hell out of her. And I actually commend WWE for pulling the trigger on this as fast as they did, because they did not. She did not get the reactions from the live crowd that they wanted. And they, instead of swimming upstream like they did with yep. Becky and like they did with Rhonda at least a little bit, they decided, screw it. You're getting booed the hell out of the building. You're a heel. Let's be a heel. And I think well, I made the least, right call there. At least they read the room and they read it correctly. I like when she came out and she said, wait a minute, let's do this again. And then she went back <laughs> and then come back out again. And then she gets in there. And that was actually a good interview she did, a really good interview. Because she's an American hero, and that's her line. I'm an American hero, and you're booing an American hero. So, but it, it was that that part was good. I, I SmackDown tonight. I'd have to say it's not the worst SmackDown. It's about in the middle, but it's some parts were really good. That that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, What'd you enjoy, Rick? Uh, here's here it is. We got a super chat from uh, Roland Curtis. He says, I agree with Dutch. Uh, he believes most of the women struggle to cut promos in the middle of the ring. Even Becky Lynch uh, does better promos backstage uh, than in the ring. I mean, I, mean, I guess. I don't know. Dutch, what did you prefer to do? Do you prefer to do uh, feed off the crowd or do backstage? I think most performers would prefer to, to go with the live audience and get the, the feel of the oh, crowd yeah. there. Well, you, like I said, you're, you're reading the room when you're doing it. So if you find something and they respond, oh, well, you found a spot. If you hit something and they don't respond to it, don't go back to it. Read the room and it'll work every time. But I think a lot, a lot of these girls are afraid because it's written for them and they're so afraid to get in there and mess it up or forget it, Yeah, which has happened. I went out there one time with Jack and I was standing there and he said, you okay? I said, you know, I, I, I leaned on Jack. I said, I forgot this whole friggin' interview. <laughs> he said, well, you were talking about it. I said, oh, okay. Then I just started talking. I never will forget that. I was just lost. I don't know where it went, but it went off in the ether somewhere. But I got it back. So, But, yeah, I think those girls, they're really, really nervous because uh, the uh, – because they've never done it before. Now, Natalia has, so she's pretty yeah. good at it. So that's why they put Michael Cole in the ring with that, with the Money the Bank winner, because she probably was just almost shaking. I, and I can see that. Some of those girls, not the guys so much, but the girls, they get nervous, really, really nervous. I mean, I, th I think there's, I, th I, I could pull a couple of guys out who have issues with saying other people's words and i think that's where a lot of it comes down to it i think Name it, somebody ricochet ricochet struggles with yep. a script 
Yeah. Right? I, I think um, you know, there's a lot of people who just struggle with adapting WWE's dialogue. I mean, look at what they gave Mad Cat Moss to work with tonight. I mean, dude, they they literally told the man to go out there and say, hey, I bet you I could fit this entire briefcase in Theory's mouth. Like, that's the dial. Some of the dialogue that they give these people is just garbage. And some of the best yes, but go out there and take it and make it work, and some of them just can't do it very well. Yes, but that line had to be read by Vince or whoever, whoever was in charge of creative tonight. And if I'd read that line, I said, this line sucks. Give me something better or do something, please. But if it's passed back, it's okay. And okay, that's what he, and they will tell you Vince okayed this. So what is a talent to do? If Vince okayed it, you got to do it. I mean, especially if you're a guy like Moss, who is in the midst of his biggest push ever, like the last thing you want to do in that situation is make waves. Right. So mm -hmm. you just got to got, I mean, it reminds me of Roman Reigns and the whole suffering succotash thing. Like you just got to grit your teeth and go out there and do it sometimes. Well, yeah. it is what it is. So, but if you're not there, I mean, none of us are there. So, but I can tell you what it's like back behind that curtain. It's very anxious, very tense. Because, you know, if Vince doesn't like it, you could get on the do not book list fairly easily, real quick. Just like that. Bam. Kind of like Aaliyah, who I think just got taken out of her fifth match uh, in like the last like three months. She was booked in a match and did not compete in said match uh, tonight. That that had to have been kind of like a heel, then right back to a baby face for you, Dutch, with Lacey taking out Aaliyah tonight. Well, that was I didn't I didn't did, so she destroyed Aaliyah, right? Yeah, I gave or her no. the woman's right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but my my cable, we had a severe thunderstorm mm. and it just paused on the screen, so I missed that match. Oh yeah, the, there was no yeah. match. Yeah, you didn't. There miss was anything. no match. No, no match. Anything. Okay. No. And we got another super chat donation from Allison. Allison, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you so much. You, you, you've been you've been helping out the channel, so they see you, you, people love us like Allison. Thank yeah, you. That, that's right, Allison. Thank you go very ahead, much. Go ahead, Rick. That, so, that's from that's from me. Rick Rick won't say anything. So he's like that. Pat McAfee was doing, I think, I don't know if it was a charity thing or, but it was definitely a televised golf match with Aaron Rodgers and AJ Hawk uh, today uh, in conjunction with his, with his radio show. Uh, so he was in another part of the town. So basically they wrote him off due to injury, but then brought up the fact that he was playing golf because he got attacked at money in the bank by Baron Corbin. So that's where Pat McAfee was. That's why we had, uh, who we had on commentary tonight. I forgot his name, Corey Graves. Uh, and hopefully Pat McAfee will be back. It's late. It was a brain fart. Don't you know. Whatever. It is what it is. So the Uso squatched Los Lotharios tonight, then got accused of cheating, even though they didn't cheat. It was a ref botch. I'm glad they brought that up. Again, WWE dialogue being what it was. It wasn't cheating. The ref screwed up. And now there are rumors of a special guest referee. Dutch, can you confirm or deny that you will be that special guest referee at SummerSlam when the Usos take on the Street Profits again for the other? Don't tell everything. Don't tell everything you know. You know they listen to our show. I know. 
okay. Then when they come back on meeting and they say, why did you tell that damn radio wannabe announcer guy about that? And I said, I didn't really tell him. And they said, you're lying. And they get real mad at me. So, but I may be the referee. I just, I just want to drop that news right here. You heard it first, folks, right here on Sports Kita. So, Love it. SP3, who do you, who do you think it's going to actually there? be? Uh, I don't know. Well, I no me, I think it's going to be Paul Heyman. That's who I say. Paul Heyman for special guest referee. He's going to use, uh, what what they say, more uh, more of his influence to get yes, involved in this. Yeah. Or, or, or Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's a good call. Sami Zayn's yeah, a really that, good call. Especially since would, he doesn't have anything to do now that he's not Mr. Money in the Bank, which they totally... Exactly. Uh, should have done. Yes, Rick. What was your response to your your prophecy being unfulfilled? Uh, the second that theory came out to start that match, when they completely and totally telegraphed the fact that he was winning uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase, I wanted to just chuck my remote control into my TV screen. That, that's pretty much where I was at. Seth Rollins would have been a much better choice. Am I? It's not that I no, hate theory. Yes, no, you wouldn't have. No, you yes, wouldn't have. I'm it's sorry. not that I hate no, theory. I think it's just a Riddle. Riddle was the right choice. Riddle was the star of that match. Seth oh, Rollins. Seth Rollins basically did nothing in that match, other than take the RKO. <laughs> I think theory. In a year from now, then you can see this was the right move. Because he is the heir apparent. He's got the talent. He can get heat because you want to slap the crap out of him anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a fan because of the way he acts. So he has that Kurt Angle type heat about him, and he may be able to get it. So I'm not going to write him off. They don't need uh, Rollins because he's already made. I mean, this would just be something that they can use on somebody else. I'm glad they use it on theory. I think Sami Zayn would have been a waste because of the way they've used him. But they've used theory pretty well. So it kind of makes it makes sense. If you can make sense out of wrestling, but I think that was a, not a bad choice. We'll agree. Oh, he's, he's we'll, agree. we'll agree to disagree. You, my boy, Blue, with the Super Chat. We appreciate that. When are we going to see Rick and Dutch on True Heel Heat again? I would never have known about Again. had I not seen them there. You know, that's the beauty of cross promotion. Cross promotion is such a great thing. You know, you let other people, other outlets know about other outlets and, you know, they can check talent out if they're on different channels. I believe that is a really great way to go about things. But SP3, that's your channel. You tell me when's the next time Dutch and myself are going to be on there. I believe you are absolutely right, Rick. And I'll put down the gauntlet right here <laughs> to you both. I believe the best time to have you both on, if you're free, July 30th, Saturday, July 30th, the same day as SummerSlam, our pre-SummerSlam True Hill Heat, Dutch and Rick, both of you on the show at the same time. What do y'all think? I, I, I can pull that off. I will be in Nashville. I think I can pull that off. What about you? You, you going to check your, 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 your busy <laughs> schedule, Dutch? <laughs> Oh, he's grooming his mustache. That do, day. do you want? Do you want me on the show, Mister Sid? Yes, yes, of course. What time in the morning is it? Saturday. Yes, Saturdays at eleven oh five a.m. Oh God! If it'd been twelve, <laughs> it'd been great. 
You missed it by one hour. Oh, man. No, I'll be on your show. There we go. Now we just had a production first. meeting, a production meeting for True Heel Heat here. Uh, as we have a minute left in our time, and we haven't even gotten to the main event of the first show of the night. To, to be fair, we've been going over that 45-minute thing. We, we did it the first week. We did it the first week. Well, on really. the dot. On the dot. We're going to get so many notes from production today. It's going to be great. I'm going to love waking up in the morning to the notes we're going to get. Anywho, so they uh, – hey, y'all remember – when like they fed us a bunch of BS about <laughs> Sasha Banks and Naomi and how we should be disappointed in them that they couldn't give us a main event that they had advertised. Well, SmackDown tonight main, uh, advertised the main event that we didn't get because Sheamus faked COVID. Drew McIntyre. Can I just say, I thought that was wild. I was like, wait, what? We're really doing that now? That's where we're like, it's okay to do that now. It's no, it has it's not. It been long? no, it's not. It's not okay to do that. No, but they did it anyway. So, what was his reason? By this it, time, my, my TV has got just so thunderstorm is so what <laughs> happened? So, this was uh, this was a supposed to be a main event to determine the number one contender at Clash of the Castle, which means we were doing a number one contenders match in July for a match that's not until September. But anyway, so we were supposed to have this match. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. Sheamus gets on the mic, cuts a promo about how he was, he's going to kick Ro, uh, Drew McIntyre's ass, and then he starts fake coughing. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. I might have the old COVID. I can't compete until I get tested. And then he proceeds to stand on the side of the ring for the rest of the match. That was all of two minutes long because he threw Butch in there. And Drew McIntyre versus Pete Dunne should have been a hell of a main event. That lasted 10 to 12 minutes. Instead, Drew McIntyre squashes uh, Scrappy-Doo, and then they fart around for five minutes to close out the show, and then Drew does that thing where he cuts the uh, top rope uh, with, the, with the sword there. That's how they decided to close SmackDown tonight. So no match between him and Sheamus at all? No, because Sheamus may have had ye old COVID. Yep. <laughs> That's what happened tonight. That's definitely I'm, what I've never I've never heard of that, but it's a first time for everything. I think that's the new variant, ye old. And, <laughs> yield, and they didn't COVID. And, and apparently it wasn't even for the number one contendership for Clash at the Castle. They said at the end that oh, we still gotta get that match for the number one contendership. So they promoted a ma a main event with high stakes. They didn't give us the match, neither did they give us the stipulation. Hopefully this match happens at SummerSlam. At least put it on a big stage since you denied us of it on this show. But yeah, for I, I didn't even think what Rick said at the beginning of this, that they made such a big deal about Sasha and Naomi walking out, not delivering on a made event. And then the same week that they removed <laughs> from the internal roster, you promoted a main event the whole show since 4 o'clock this afternoon and they were not both deliver there. it. And they were both nope, there. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. We ain't got enough time. Three minutes left. I got COVID. Let yep. me go. Let me get out of here. But we should be so disappointed in Sasha and Naomi. <laughs> oh. Never mind, yeah, by the man. way, it was also WWE that advertised Sasha Banks for a match at last year's SummerSlam until the very minute that it happened and said, oh, no, sorry, she's not here. Here's Carmella, everybody. <laughs> yeah, anywho. 
I agree with what Joseph said here, by the way. They messed up because Bush was actually kind of getting over. They didn't do him any favors tonight by having him get his ass kicked by no. Drew McIntyre and two. But Butch was getting over. Hey, let me ask you, is Sasha Banks, is she going to AEW or no? We I don't even know that. if she's still with WWE. <laughs> well, I read that she had somewhere. I think I wrote it down, then I read it back to myself. I don't know. So There's so many conflicting reports about whether or not she's been released, if they're working on getting released. Now, WWE is trying to make amends. I don't know. Until we get an official word from one party or the other, I think it's all speculation and hearsay at this point. Basically, the, the latest reports is that PW Insider and Feifel both confirmed that they are off the internal roster backstage but they're still on the website roster page. So that's why it's still this muddy ground still at this point. Yeah. that I don't know. Dutch, how does that internal roster thing work? That's just a list of like who's active and ready to go on the show. So you could be taken off of that if you're on the, you know, disabled list or something like that. Right. Well, you can, but I, <clears throat> but when I was there, everybody came. Everybody that was booked on Raw would show up at Raw. Everybody that was, and, and and they ran consecutive nights, Mondays and Tuesdays. So when they brought you in for Monday, you'd stay for everybody. Everybody would stay for SmackDown. So I don't know if they had an internal roster or not. I'm sure they did. But that's why I think the shows were better back then. They had more talent. They could, they could juggle it better. But, here, here, and we've complained about this for months and months and months. It's the same people every week doing the same thing, even almost the same interviews. Tonight surprised me because they had this match that they didn't have when both of them were out there. I don't know how you can top that. The two guys on screen, well, I got COVID. I can't do it. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. But... So that was SmackDown tonight. We have an entire other show we can uh, talk about here, SP3. I know Dutch said he missed uh, a lot of it because his TV was going in and out. I saw the first one. I saw the first match. Good, because I loved it. I loved Eddie Kingston and Takeshna tonight. That was hard hitting. I loved, like, Kingston literally falling into the victory. This was a win that he, he desperately needed because, obviously, they were setting him up for a big match with Chris Jericho in two weeks, Fighter Fest. Night two, not only are we getting an exploding barbed wire death match, but there's going to be a shark cage involved. I mean, there is all sorts of craziness that's going to be going down. I loved Kingston's promo after this match as well. That line about the last drop of blood is going to be from my Ruby after she got her hand slammed into a car door this week. How can you not love Eddie Kingston and the work that he's been putting in lately? One of the most believable guys in all of professional wrestling. And like you said, I absolutely love this opening matchup. It was hard hitting. It was physically intense. And it got over. One of my key things with like these type of matches, especially if the, the more the veteran guy is going over on the younger guy, is make them look strong and let them get over in defeat. And that's what they did for Takeshna. Takeshna has 
honestly, he's a guy that I, I think they need to sign. I know that this is probably just like an excursion for him. You know, he is a roster member for DDT. I think that he's just getting experience here in the U.S. with AEW. He's been working multiple different uh, independent promotions. He just had a great match with Daniel Garcia at PWG. He had an independent match of the year against Speedball Mike Bailey. But this guy, every single time he's in the AEW ring, it doesn't matter if it was last week's War Rampage, whether it was the match with Hangman Adam Page, the match we saw here on Rampage tonight, the match before with Jay Lethal that we saw on Rampage, Takeshna has consistently been one of the most over guys to this audience and always gives us really good matches. So they need to sign him. They need to change those plans, sign him up, and make him stay in the United States because this guy always delivers, and it was a, a really great match to open the show. And really, I mean, they they bookend the match, the this show with you know a banger in the first match, and then a really fun main event, and then everything else about this is what Dutch would call a maintenance show. This was just about setting things up for Dynamite, next week's Rampage, or the ROH pay-per-view on this show. But when you bookend your show like that, it comes off much better. Yeah, I'll... uh... The the match was a hard-hitting match. But what I liked about it, at the finish, both guys sold it. Yeah. Both of them stayed down. Because, I mean, that Kingston was lighting that kid up with those chops. So, and the people that can hear that. So when you can hear it, you know, well, he's not, he's not working with it. He's not pulling it. And when they were both down, they went about what, 18 minutes. That's about, the, that's about normal for AEW, a long first match, which is, yeah. it's what you want. You want to hook them in and then the rest of the show follows that. That's why I'm a strong believer in an hour show. Just do don't the two hours with uh, with SmackDown. I'm back to SmackDown for a second, but most of that is entrances and interviews. The wrestling is like minimal, but but we mentioned they don't care if it's minimal or not. They made more money last year during the pandemic than they've ever made. So they learned from that, I guess. They don't have to do it. That opening segment with the bloodline, by the way, was two minutes longer uh, than this match. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, SP3. <laughs> I, I love Takeshna. Like, I didn't think it was possible to find anybody who moves quicker and smoother in a ring than Darby Allen, but Takeshna does. Like, he is just so damn fast and so damn smooth, and he makes everything look crisp and clean. Yeah, sign this kid up immediately and that exploding barbed wire death match is uh gonna be nuts in two weeks i think it's just a barbed wire death match it's there's not no explosion there's no, no explosion no, i think they learned their they lesson had a, they, yeah they had a bad experience with that right <laughs> exactly exactly yes so they yeah they made eddie kingston but, look dumb <laughs> but but like you said rick that promo that just got me like i know there was a lot of people that were complaining because I do agree blood and guts should be the blow off of a feud. It shouldn't be the second chapter or chapter three of a four part chapter, which it is in this feud, but the way they finished blood and guts, I think you could have assumed that we were going to get one more match between Eddie and Chris Jericho. And I love them just throwing Jericho appreciation society in a shark cage because it's shark week. Just do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's one of Jericho staples. It's like, he always like, 
I'll never forget the match that he was in where he was in the shark cage, but he was afraid of heights. And he was, you know, it was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, <laughs> yes. uh, no holes barred at uh, Royal Rumble 2017. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So that's one of his staples. It's nice that they can kind of bring that back. I do agree with you about the middle of the show. We got a nice little promo there. I do like the um, the pairing of Chris Statlander and Athena. I'm waiting for them to actually, one of them to actually get booked in a match with Jade Cargill. I feel like that's being drug on here a little bit. Was hoping maybe something would get booked for Wednesday or the following Wednesday, but it hasn't happened yet. Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez work great together, obviously, but they hate each other. Serena attacks Mercedes after that match. There go, She's going after the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So again, setting stuff up. And then see, we get, when you guys see, I didn't see this stuff. Yeah. And the way you guys are telling me, you have to be a watcher of this show for it to even make any sense. The Ring of Honor is entering into it. And yeah. All this other stuff is entering into it. So if you didn't watch it, which I didn't, I have no idea where it's going. Yeah. Basically, and I mentioned that if he's trying to book four shows, I don't know how long he can do that. I mean, he can do it till he goes. He has to have help. But these shows are overlapping anyway, so maybe he can. I heard he was a genius anyway. Tony hey, Khan. This, this is another opportunity for Dutch to get a check. D Tony, hire Dutch because you need <laughs> oh, help. No. You, he's trying to juggle way too much at this point, in my opinion. You got all oh, these wow. all these storylines. He's trying to book three hours of television for AEW. At the same time, he's trying to he tried to do a AEW New Japan co-promotion show. Now he's trying to yeah. build to a Ring of Honor show, which is his secondary uh. brand on top of AEW. He's doing way too much. Like you got. Way, go there. Way, you got Dean Malenko. You got all these great minds. Use them to book one of these things for you, or at least to help you. Like I, I feel like and he's to be doing fair, way maybe they too are. Much. Maybe maybe some of these guys are helping them. They're just they, they got to help. They got to help. I, I mean, think it's stupid not to ask for the help with those guys. Well, I think I think Jericho has control over what he does. I would and probably you. some guys have and the young bucks, the young I, bucks, yeah. And I Moxley. think uh, Brian Danielson, I think he has control. Punk. But as long as they yeah. work within the system and they're not hotheads and demand stuff out of Tony, he's in good hands. But still, when he sits down, he's looking at these papers all the time. You, you get that burnout, and they just you. you you're not even reading what you're booking. And I've been there with one show. I've been there with one show. Trust me, I know all about burnout. Uh, SP3, they did set up two Ring of Honor world title matches uh, with the middle of this show tonight. Uh, Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. Well, your thoughts uh, real quick here on Jonathan Gresham now joining Tully Blanchard and everything that he's building up over there. I've never seen a move where I was both baffled and intrigued. I was just like, <laughs> I was very baffled by this because I was like, no, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Like he's about, you know, the honor and he's about being the best technical wrestler. So why would he like, you know, 
not be honorable, just be dishonorable and leave Lee Moriarty, you know, laying and stuff. But I liked his excuse, you know, saying that he signed with, with AEW back in March for ROH and he's been yeah. sitting at home this entire time until Tully Blanchard basically gave him a way to, you know, be more known and be more out there. And at the end of the day, I think this is just Tony Khan being like, Jonathan Gresham, I don't think you're a great talker, so I'm putting you with Tully Blanchard. That's what it. That's what I got across from all of this. I think that was why he made this decision. He feels like Tully Blanchard would be a good talker for Jonathan Gresham. And I've watched ROH, and Jonathan Gresham was a better heel than he was a babyface, even though his style kind of leans to be in the you know the workhorse babyface. He is. He can be aggressive and be grinded out, similar to what Brian Danielson was in 2006 when he was ROH world champion. So I, I, like I said, it made me intrigued of what's next and how they're going to build off of this, but I was very much baffled by the decision as well. Let me ask you a question, guys. Jake, the snake, where did he go? He's still with them, right? AEW. Yeah. So they just don't use him that much. He's still managing Lance Archer, right? When's the last yeah. time we saw him? Three or four weeks ago, maybe. I think like a, at least like a few, couple of months. Uh, I think yeah. he's. I think he was sick for a period of time. I don't know if he's still sick, and they haven't bring him back yet. But I knew that was the reason why he was off of television initially because he was not feeling too well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they don't really heavily feature Lance Archer unless they need like this unstoppable monster to come in and lose to somebody. Uh, so that's pretty much how they how they book uh, Lance Archer. Uh, real quick here, SP3. I love the main event tonight. Orange Cassidy, Tony Nese. I thought those two dudes tore it down. And honestly, one of my favorite finishes. Uh, you get smart Mark Sterling going in there trying to, to take out Orange Cassidy. And then my boy Dan House, an attorney at law, just comes in there and just punches him right in the pills. And yeah, that, that allows Orange Cassidy to pick up the win tonight. This was just really, really fun. I thought Danhausen was uh, kind of stole the show there a little bit because he's just so damn charismatic and everybody loves him. But yeah, I, I like this pairing. I kind of wish Hookhausen was still more of a thing, but I like the pairing with the best friends and Danhausen as well. Yeah, I think this was the original idea that they wanted to do with Danhausen. I think that the the Hookhausen was just something that I think they wanted to do a match between the two, but then they had this instant chemistry that the fans yeah. got behind, so All they fire. decided to just yeah run with it. But I think that this is the original idea they wanted Danhausen to be with the best friends, and it and it works. You saw the reaction. This crowd was pretty much dead for the middle of the show, and they got up for Danhausen. <laughs> If Danhausen was invented by WWE Creative, I don't want to be too harsh here. He'd already be dead. He would already be dead. That was a gimmick that kid invented. Yes. He does it well, does it great. He knows how to do it. If Creative knows what they're doing, they just lead him the path and say, You tell me what you need to say here. Because he knows. Because I think that's one of the best gimmicks I've seen in a long, long time. Because it kind of books itself. The people like it. You, it's, it's a, you can't miss with it. And if you want to get heat on a hill, beat up little Dan Housen and card him, card him out. People be hot. They'll be mad. He's especially, the, especially the kids. When the kids come, the parents got to bring them. 
He's basically like a Simpsons Carney character come to life. It's just, it's ridiculous. And, you know, and he's pulled his inspiration from different horror movies and things like the Simpsons and all that kind of stuff. And he's melded it into this, this really special character. And that's why AEW is the perfect place for him because they just let him flourish. If he had gotten this, he got this massively over in ring of honor and out on the independence. And he was, you know, wildly popular so much so that he caught the attention of Tony Khan. Absolutely right. Dutch had they brought him in, they would have said, you've done a great job of getting yourself over. Now here's a new name, a new persona and yeah. everything that you were is gone. And <laughs> that's just what they do. That's, that's what, what they, they do. do. Congratulations for getting yourself over and getting noticed. Now you're no longer See, Tyler Black, you're Seth Rollins. And go. See, and I'm a strong believer in I'm a strong believer in letting the guys that have developed their own character let them do their character. Don't change them. Because when you change them, they don't know what you're doing, especially young talent. They can't adjust to it. But you take Danhausen, if they put him in something else, he's another dead on arrival. I'd put Danhausen with uh, a, a maximum male models. That's what I do. I would. I think he'd sell yeah, the I, shit out of that. I, I think it would. He would help it. Yes. He, could, he couldn't hurt it. That's for damn sure. He'd get that over. They'd all be baby faces. Danhausen <laughs> would get that entire group over. Absolutely. I think he would. Man, you, and just you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. That's like feeling. that's like a money feud. Maximum male models versus Danhausen and Orange Cassidy. Imagine Orange Cassidy coming out instead of <laughs> Mezwa or Mache, and he just <laughs> TK Forbidden Door see, Two. But see, Forbidden Door Two. We got the match. Let's go. What you're talking about now is how angles are developed in cars. Not with this creative, but with the wrestlers, I got an idea. And he tells another wrestler, he's got an idea. And by the time they get to the town, they kind of got it mapped out. Yeah. Then they give it to creative, and then the creative just kills it. So They, they basically yeah. wipe their butt with it. All right, we are way over on to yeah, go ahead, SP3. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, Rick. We're over. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Orange Cassidy is the example of what I say with like when I talked about Takeshna getting over in a loss. Orange Cassidy lost to to Will Ospreay in a in a in a fantastic match, one of my favorite matches of the year. And he is literally in a better position than when he got injured in March now because he because he had that great match yeah. and he looked so good in it. I think that he is he's he's now in back where he was when he was shooting with Chris Jericho back in 2020 now in, in this position. So I, I love the fact he's got his old song back. He's got the fans behind him. They're giving him wins. Hopefully this pays off and they eventually give him a title because I feel like that's the ultimate payoff for this character that never should have been as over as he is in this company well it backs up what i just said he invented that right this kid invented orange cassidy and when i first saw it i said what the? but then he started working hey that kid can go when he wants to work when he gets out of the kick mode and he can go and I, I really appreciate a guy that can make that gimmick and make it work. And little Danhausen who can create that gimmick and make it work. And then Tony Khan for letting them do it and not trying to change them. 
what the deal saying is don't fix it if it's not broke. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. So I enjoy those guys a lot. I'd rather yeah. watch that and watch all this other crap. <laughs> Are you saying, Dutch, that your juices have not properly been titillated? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, I don't know. I was getting a little moist right then when I was talking. Oh, God, I hate that word. <laughs> God, I hate that word. We got one do you, more. Do you hate, no, do you hate the word moist? Oh, I will mute you. I am. Oh, really? Seriously. I... So we got one more super chat here. <laughs> We got one more super chat here from Roland Curtis. Sorry, I know we're way over on time management. Uh, Seamus's uh, facetiousness uh, might have been WWE political commentary on COVID. Maybe, but I think that was more of just uh, more of a more of a joke that just wasn't kosher, shall we say. Uh, Lacey was very believable tonight, and he predicts that Lacey will beat Liv on her first try. Dutch, I'll unmute you now. I actually agree with that. You I un- think- you muted me. Uh, yes. But yes. I'm, I'm, you, okay. Uh, comp- so, alright. So, I actually believe <laughs> that, that Liv will lose to Lacey. I think that would actually make a ton of sense, and I know Dutch is a big Lacey Evans fan. He talked about Lacey winning money in the bank and making a ton of sense, cashing in on Charlotte. If they had Liv beat Ronda and then beat Charlotte, and then Lacey comes around on the back end as the third heel she faces and wins somewhere around Survivor Series, I don't think I could ask for more than that out of a Liv Morgan title run in her first time. What do you think? No, that'd be a great turn. You get the matches you want, and then all of a sudden you sneak Lacey in the back door. Because I think the girl will be over by the time this happens. I like that girl. You know, I thought that Rodriguez girl, she had more. But she's still green, isn't she? That girl. I, just, I think she's just at a disadvantage because the main roster audience isn't as invested in her as the NXT audience was. Mm-hmm. I think she's – they got to give her something. They got to give her something to do. She has not had a story since she's been up. She kicked Ronda's ass, and that's uh. it. That's great. I'm sorry, I kind of agree with Dud. She did come off kind of green in that Money in the Bank match. Like they gave her one key spot, and that was lift the ladder with Becky and Shotzi on top of it, and she couldn't do it. She yeah. just couldn't do it. And I know they practiced that, and she couldn't do it. She was also told basically just sit in the corner for the rest of the match. That whole match was produced weird. I know there are the critics of the match, and they love to blame the talent. I don't like how that match was necessarily set up and we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it. Cause we're, we're way over. We appreciate uh, all the super. Let's go. I'll see okay. you guys. I'm out. Of yep. Here. All right, Dutch. I'm for one more time. I'm going to mute you there. Uh, so I appreciate everybody uh, who tuned in today. Everybody who threw in the super chats. Appreciate SP three. I appreciate Dutch Dutch. I'll unmute you now. You're good. Oh, I'm, I can see a sign now. I'm blind as hell. So <laughs> the host has unmuted you. Oh, and you know, this is recorded. All right, so that'll wrap up the show here tonight here on the Sports Game Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this uh, all hour and 10 minutes of this 45-minute uh, show. Dutch, any final words you want to say? <laughs> I've actually unmuted you. You have right. not. You're liar. <laughs> You're a damn liar. Enjoy your weekend, guys. We'll be back next week. See you, man. <laughs>